You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 145. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here. So we are diving deep into habits. Really, I think this is fun because one, it's the middle of summer, so my listenership tends to drop off in the summer because, hey, y'all are out there doing your thing. Um, All of these episodes, like last year, will spike as soon as the school year starts, and I know that you're all coming back and catching up. And so one of the reasons why we're diving into what are habits, what a habit is, and building successful habits over these last three shows, and then the next three are going to be going into your daily routines, um, how you study, your class workflow, and then the physical body, making making sure that you stay healthy. Um, is because these are very powerful habits you can be creating in your life that will set you up for success well beyond just the college experience. So go back and listen to 143 if you're wondering what habits, uh, what are your habits. Go back to 144 if you want to listen to a little bit more about what a habit is, the cue, craving, response, reward cycle that um, Charles Duhigg talks about in his book, that I'm a huge fan of the power of habit. And then, of course, now we're going to dive into building your own successful habits. One of the things that I cannot stress enough is that you need a strong habit system in order to reach your truest, highest potential. All right, a little bit of structure is better than none at all. And I get a lot of people will they'll criticize how I put so much of my stuff into my Google Calendar. And I whether you like Google Calendar, you use a different calendar, you're afraid of your information being stolen, trust me, Google knows everything. You can try to hide from them, but unless you're using, you know, that, what is it, the, the dog one, I think, um, spot, spot, duck, 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 go, right? Unless you're using duck, duck, go all the time to do your search engine stuff, you, Google knows. You, even when you think Google's not paying attention, they are. And Amazon is too, because most of the websites you go on are on their Amazon Web Services servers. So they've got all the data they need. So if you have an issue with putting all your stuff into a Google Calendar, find one that you do feel good about and put things in the calendar. I put, you know, phone calls I need to make. Hey, I'll call somebody at 10, 15 in the morning. It goes in the calendar and I get a little beep beep on my phone and then I remember to do it because your brain's got a thousand things it's paying attention to. And keeping a phone call at 10, 15 in the morning on Friday right there at the top so I don't forget it is ridiculous and it's exhausting. And it's the kind of crap we had to do in the 90s and the early 2000s when all we had was paper calendars and you were constantly having to open that thing up. Now you've literally got a device in your pocket that will just remind you of everything. But first you have to tell it to remind you of things. So you want a strong habit system and a way of making a strong habit system is by creating structure in your life. Right, if I'm unable to become disciplined, right, then I'm going to do whatever my emotions tell me to do in any given moment. Right? It might say, you don't want to work out at 1230. You actually want to sit on the couch and watch the Tour de France. Well, I can watch the Tour de France later on tonight when the girlfriend's gone to bed and I'm just sitting there you know, ready to chill out and veg out. That's the time to watch the Tour de France, not at 1230 in the afternoon. 
12.30 in the afternoon is the time to go to the gym because everybody who goes to the gym during their lunch break has left and it's before the 2 to 3 o'clock push when people who work a morning shift are getting out of work and going straight to the gym. So that my perfect window to work out so the gym is at its emptiest is between 1 o'clock and 2.30. So I aim to leave my house at 12.30 and then I'm usually done by the 2.30 time and boom, right? It's two hours, three days a week. And sometimes I go on day uh, Thursdays and Fridays and, and just mess around and practice jump rope and whatnot. But it's a habit. Sometimes I go to the gym just to do a little jump rope, get an aqua massage, maybe do some abs, even though I could do most of that stuff at home, minus the aqua massage, just because I want my body and my mind to understand that there's the habit I am creating of going to the gym. Even if I just drive up there, mess around for 30 minutes and leave, I'm creating that habit that I go to the gym. And I do that for 21, 42, 66 days. And now it's gone from willpower and discipline to a habit. A study was done that they talk about in the book, The the One, which I'm currently listening to. So therefore, I keep bringing it up in these episodes. And then uh, the Harvard study figured out that it takes 66 days for a habit to truly instill and lock itself in. 21 days, you're using that. 7, 14, 21 days, 30 days, whatever most people would say about it, all you're really doing in that time is you're utilizing your willpower and your discipline to form the new habit. If by day 17 or 24 you stop going to the gym, it's not completely rooted in yet. You get to that 66th day, according to the one, and now you've really locked it in as a behavior. And there's a part of you that will be feeling guilty toward yourself for not fulfilling your promise to continue to go to the gym. By that point, your emotions might be tied to going to the gym, so now you feel better. I certainly do. I feel a lot better. When I have stress and anxiety, I go to the gym and I pump it out. And I'm not a meathead. I don't, you know, I'm not 6'3", 250 pounds of solid muscle like I could be playing for the Denver Broncos. I'm just a dude who likes to go to the gym because in this day and age, there's not a lot of physical activity built into our lives. And for those of you who are recently out of high school or still in high school, you are way more active in high school physically. There's a lot more running around than there necessarily will be in college. Most of you who played high school sports will not have the opportunity to play those in college for your university. You might play for a club, intramurals, for your, you know, Greek system. You might be able to participate in that regard, but there won't be the daily practices. It just, there's a lot less activity once you leave high school. So you're going to need to supplement it by doing other things. So the structure of going to the gym, the structure of going for a jog or getting some steps, the structure of walking to class rather than um, driving your car, if that's feasible, these are things that you're going to want to pay attention to because they will honestly help you reach your truest potential. And if you lack discipline in something as simple as just being active on any day, how much discipline will you then lack in order to study for the test? to start your paper early, to take the job that actually benefits you more than just taking the one that is offering you the easiest schedule. All right, you're going to want to start holding yourself accountable because other people will certainly be holding you accountable. So you could think, well, am I a robot by setting habits? Have I slaved myself out to Google Calendar, right? Well, really ask yourself, On any given day, are you accomplishing the things that you want to be accomplishing in order to finish that day feeling like that you're a winner? 
feeling like that you've won the day. And whatever you think winning the day is, is what you think winning the day is. If you go to bed and your head hits the pillow and you have guilt or or some level of shame about what you did that day, then it's not working for you. No one else can dictate whether it's working for you the way you can. They could say whatever they want to say, but nobody's in your head. And while I'm not the biggest proponent for guilting and shaming yourself in order to accomplish things, there is going to be times where it's just an instinctual habit. Guilt and shame are habits as well. And there's just going to be that guilt habit that kicks in if you didn't study hard enough that day, if you didn't call your parents, if you didn't go to the gym. That's going to kick in. And if your head hits the pillow and that's what you're feeling, then the next day, right that ship. That's S-H-I-P, right that ship. Fix that up, right? Change the coordinates. Follow your North Star. You're going to feel when you're going to feel something inside of you when you're off, when your habits are not working to help you succeed. So do you want to necessarily be come someone beholden to the Google calendar like it's like the life depended on it? You don't have to do that either. I put things in my calendar so I know I want to get them done, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to get done. Maybe it's something that's like, oh, well, cool. If I've got 45 minutes today, I'd like to uh, research for the next podcast. But if it doesn't get done today, it's not going to be make or break. I can always push it to tomorrow. By the second or third day, if I'm still pushing it, it's time to prioritize it. And we talked about this in one of the earlier episodes that you can have priorities and focuses each day. But if you have more than one priority, you really don't have any priorities at all. Prioritize what's the most important thing you can do that day in order to have that day feel like a win. It's very much built on the foundation of the book, The One, because he talks about what is the one thing I can do today that when accomplished will make everything else either not not as important or not even necessary to do. And that's where the priority comes. I want you to go to bed feeling like a winner. So if you know you need to study for the test in four days, that's your priority. Get up, get that done in the first couple hours of your morning so that you can move on with the rest of your day. And that's why you have four focuses throughout your day. So because you don't just do one thing and call it, right? It's like, oh, I did the, I, I studied so I can just sit on the couch the rest of the day. Well, there's other things you want to be doing in your life in order for it to feel whole, for it to feel complete. So one of your focuses could be going to the gym. One of your focuses could be calling your parents. One of your focuses could be eating healthy. One of your focuses could be vacuuming your floor. These are things that you do throughout the day um, in order to build a more uh, abundant, fruitful life. So when we think about what we're doing in order to create these habits, building these successful habits, what are the things that you can do to make it less inconvenient to get into the good habit? And what are the things you can do to make it more inconvenient to get into the bad habit? If the bad habit is drinking too much, you could stop having alcohol in your house. Now it's super inconvenient to have to leave the house and go to the store and buy the booze. You've got a a pretty ample amount of time between, you know what, I don't want to study. I think I'm going to drink instead. Well, now you got to go to the store. So you have ample time. Maybe now you're in your car. Why don't you just drive to the library and study for 30 minutes? Five minutes. Because I guarantee you, once you start, you're gonna, your brain's going to be like, oh, okay, I feel good about this. The dopamine starts to kick in. The serotonin releases. And next thing you know, you've been studying for an hour and a half. And now you leave and you feel accomplished and you can go do other things. 
But if there's automatically just beer in your fridge all the time, the moment you think I should have a beer, you're just going to go drink the beer. And for those of you who listen to this show and like, I can't believe he talks about beer and drinking as often as he does. Look, if I'm not going to talk to y'all about this, the internet will. Somebody else out there will hand you a beer, hand you a joint, hand you something whenever you don't need that in your life. I'm not saying that you're not going to do these things. I'm not even telling you not to do these things. I am not in charge of you. You are in charge of you. There are people in your family who love you. You can have conversations with them about this kind of stuff. I know my brother did not get into alcohol and drugs, and he's extremely successful. And while I'm not necessarily unsuccessful, there was definitely a 20-year learning curve in order for me to get to where I'm at today. Could I have changed some things back in the day? Could I have been more mindful of building successful habits? Perhaps. You have a lot more resources at your disposal than I did in the fall of 1994. That was 26 years ago. For many of you, if you are in grad school right now, you were literally born in the year I started going to college. The internet was a figment of Al Gore's imagination at that point. So what are you doing to make your good habits convenient and your bad habits inconvenient? And as we get into morning routine and your your class and study flow, your exercise, what you're doing on your cell phone throughout any given day, these are the places you're going to be wanting to monitor your habits. It's so easy to burn through 30, 45 minutes on TikTok or Reels because you just pick up your phone and before you know it, you've just, I mean, there went 45 minutes. That's 45 minutes. At 45 minutes ago, you started studying, you'd be 45 minutes into studying right now. TikTok ain't going anywhere. Reels aren't going anywhere. That's the whole point of them. They're always available. It's like entertainment on demand. Back in the day, we had to videotape things on VCR tapes and half the time it didn't even videotape very well. And back then, television companies were pissed off that people wanted to videotape TV shows because they, then they could watch it whenever they wanted and fast forward through the commercials. Nowadays, everything's readily, I mean, talk about instant gratification. We live in an instant gratification world, so you want your habits to provide you some level of instant gratification because if you don't, you're going to be less likely to want to continue with them. Now, what is the instant gratification? It could be the, the feeling that you know you're doing something for yourself rather than against yourself. It could be, you know, simply saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to study, and 15 minutes in, I'm going to go get myself an ice-cold soda water, and that's going to be my reward for being 15 minutes into it. Or, you know, Pomodoro technique. Every 25 minutes, I'm going to get up, and my reward is I get to do five minutes of physical activity or jumping jacks, or I get to be on my phone for five minutes. That's not what the Pomodoro technique would tell you to do. It's saying those five minutes do something physically active, but I'm just saying get yourself into the habit of doing good things for yourself, and then you can begin to modify those habits that you have created around doing good things for yourself. So oftentimes, people just want to jump right in and be like, that's it, I'm going to cut out the phone, I'm going to cut out the greasy food, I'm going to cut out the sugar, and I'm going to get up every morning at 5.30, and I'm going to run a 5K before 6.30, and I'm never going to pick up my phone for no reason, and I'm only going to eat broccoli, and I'm always going to sleep 10 hours a day, but I'm going to go to bed at 6.30 p.m. in order to be up at 4.30 a.m., and it's like, you want to change all these things about your life, and you have no habits built up around them. No habits. Talk about making good habits inconvenient, adding seven of them in the same day. 
One of the things I do with my clients, specifically the ones that are in college, university, high school, post-grad, whatever, is that whenever there's something that they want to start doing, I just simply say, do it for one minute today. Get on the ground and do one minute of, of apps. Go and jump jacks for one minute. Go uh, clean out the dishes in your sink for one minute. You might not think one minute's much of anything, but it is. It's huge because it's the beginning of something. Oftentimes, once you're a minute in, you're like, well, what's another minute? What's another minute? If you find some kind of unconscious pushback where you don't even want to start the minute, it's probably because you've told yourself you do it for a minute, and then you've just done it for more. So now when, you're, when you tell your mind, hey, let's just do this for a minute, your mind's like, Psh, bull, BS. That's what you've been saying for the last three days. And every time I do it for one minute, you make me do six minute more. So go back to just doing it for one minute. Set your timer on your phone, do it for one minute and stop. Now your brain knows when you said one minute, you do one minute. Now hedonistic adaptation, which is the unconscious and the conscious mind's uh, innate nature to just get used to certain behaviors and start turning them into habits. This is why you buy... Uh, the fancy watch or the fancy dress or the fancy something. You've always wanted this one particular item and you get it and you love it for the first couple weeks, but a couple months later, it's just a part of your life. That's called hedonistic adaptation. You've adapted to your hedonistic wants and needs. You get something and you're over it. This is why buying things to make you happy doesn't work because the it's the act of buying something that is what you is what's creating the dopamine and serotonin release in your brain, not actually owning the thing. That's why shopaholics never feel satisfied. It's not actually owning things. It's it's like this power, this ability to have things, but you don't really enjoy the things you have because you just buy everything you want the moment you want it. You can fight off some of that hedonistic adaptation by not buying things uh, on impulse making yourself wait till it's actually time to, to need those or when you have the budget set aside for them. And whenever you get something, attach a meaning to it. My, my Santa Fe that I love driving, when I bought her, I attached the meaning that I own this vehicle because I got sober. I used to never want to drive nice cars or own nice cars because of my propensity of doing silly things while I had been drinking in my car. Again, I did not recommend drinking and driving uber and lyft and so many other services exist now and i'm not saying that there wasn't alternatives to what i was doing back then i was a dumbass and i did silly silly things that i should not have done that being said it is something that i've learned from and now i can teach you a little bit more about how you can be wise in your decisions and one of the decisions that you can start to make is asking yourself How can I attach meaning to the things that matter in my life? Being sober and having that attached to the Santa Fe means five years later, now she's paid off all my car. I've got the, you know, I've got the note and everything for her and I still baby her. I get her washed every day or two. I always make sure the fluids are changed and the air pressure is right in the tires because that car signifies to me that I accomplished something great. I released alcohol after 22 years of being addicted to it. So you could do the same thing by when you buy an iPad, or you could do the same thing when you buy a new book. You can attach a meaning to it. I own this because of this, and this item is going to allow me to do this in my life. And when you start attaching meanings to things that you buy, you'll start to take care of them better. 
And when you start taking care of things better, you'll stop wanting to just randomly buy stuff because you'll you'll go to buy something. You'll be like, honestly, I don't know how to make that have meaning in my life. Well, if it doesn't, if you can't create a meaning for it in your life, you probably don't need it. And this works just as well with building successful habits. Attach meaning to them. I get up at this time because this will create this in my life. I do this activity because it's creating this thing in my life. I call my parents because it's creating a lifelong bond that goes beyond just us living underneath the same roof. I'm going to have a conversation with y'all later on down the line about how to have meaningful conversations with your folks once you leave the house or once you've been out of the house for a while because that's honestly something that, one, you may not have experienced a ton of it even in your house depending on the emotional intelligence level of your parents and of yourself. But two, there there becomes this sort of like, well, we're not under the same roof. We're not involved in each other's day-to-day lives. What should I share with them? What should I not? Are there things I shouldn't tell them because I don't want them to get mad at me? Are there things I should be telling them because I want them to be happy with me? When you can't really decide what makes them happy or sad, and oftentimes it's just the connection. It's just the conversation that they seek with you. So look at life like that. Where are you able to make deeper connections? With classmates, with your roommates, with your boyfriend, girlfriend, with somebody meaningful in your life? Where can you begin to create successful habits around that? And then attach a purpose to it. Attach a meaning to it. I am doing this thing because it will provide me this in my life. I am creating this habit because it will create this in my life. And I will begin to utilize my willpower and my discipline in order to, over a prolonged period of time, you know, again, Harvard study says 66 days. I'm sure there's a plus or minus 20 days in there somewhere because if I were to, you know, put a bunch of, uh, if I were to hook up a bunch of electrodes, you know, some electricity to one of the doorknobs in your apartment or your house and you went over and grabbed that doorknob and it shocked the hell out of you, you probably wouldn't need to grab it again to realize it's going to shock you. And if you did, two, three times later, being shocked, you're probably going to be like, okay, that doorknob is clearly jacked full of electricity. I am not touching that doorknob anymore. You may have touched that doorknob every single day for the last five years. It shocks the hell out of you three times in a row. You're going to stop touching that doorknob. Some habits can absolutely be broken faster than others. But these good habits you seek, there has to be this 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 window of opportunity for your mind, body, your spirit to realize that it's actually creating something in your life. You don't just get to eat healthy for three days and immediately release 30 pounds and you're able to, you know, run upstairs like the flash. It takes time for these things to come into play. And what's hilarious to me, and I'll get you out of here on this, is that we're really great as humans building unsuccessful habits. We're really great at saying, yeah, screw it, I won't go to class today and sitting there and watching reality shows and dicking around on social media. We're really good at that. We're really good at the, at, the, at the easy things. It's the things that take the effort that cause you to need to get up, think about things, work on things, balance in, in your emotions, working on your mental acuity. Those things take effort which takes calories, which takes energy. And because it does that over just laying on the couch and staring at your phone for 15 hours a day, all of a sudden there's a block. Well, that's where you start off with some willpower, start off with some discipline, and eventually it will become a habit. And one minute a day is a great way to start formulating that habit. Within a handful of days, a week later, one minute won't suffice anymore. And your mind will make that decision for you. Hedonistic adaptation will kick in 
and you will get bored with one minute. One minute won't be enough. And next thing you know, your mind's like, okay, maybe two, maybe four, maybe eight, 16. I did this with a client on starting at the beginning of this year in January and just had him do one minute of physical activity each day. It took him a couple weeks and before you know it, he was up to five, 10 minutes. Six and a half months later, hit his weight loss goal. Lost over 50 pounds. All by starting with one minute a day of physical activity. I had a friend of mine I used to work with, helped her mother release 100 pounds in a year. Had her start off by just doing standing lunges. Just doing five for each leg. And after a whole year, this woman lost 100 pounds. And it started off by just doing five lunges per leg for the first couple days. And then next thing you know, she was doing a couple air squats. And then she was walking to the mailbox. And before you know it, she was walking all the way to the stop sign down the road. Before you knew it, she was walking around her neighborhood. But it all started with one minute of lunges. One minute. What is a successful habit you're ready to build today? Now go out there and just do it for one minute. Set your timer on your phone. Do it for one minute. Make that commitment to yourself. Allow your mind to experience the reward of doing it for one minute when yesterday you thought it was impossible to ever put into your life and then just continue to do one minute a day. I'm telling you, hedonistic adaptation will kick in and over the course of some time, it could be three days, it could be 30 days, but at some point, one minute will no longer satisfy you and you'll make it two or four or six. Your mind will tell you. Right? It could be two, and then two weeks later, you're, it, you double it. Now it's four, and then a month later, it's eight minutes, and then two months later, it's 16 minutes, and then two months later, it's 30 minutes. But what you once thought you couldn't even do, which was build a workout routine for 30 minutes a day, six months later, 30 minutes a day is a habit. It's so built in that you don't even question whether you're going to do it. All you seek to find is the time of day when you automatically want to do it. And that, my friends, is how I end up at the gym every single day between 1 and 2.30 p.m. All right, the power of positive energy, release and flow, inclusivity over exclusivity. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.